Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Due to high demand, we have added a November consent and care virtual workshop. So if you are interested in teaching your dog a consent and care protocol and you'd like to be with us and do it live in a working spot, we have working spots available. We also have auditing spots available where you can join us live and get your questions answered. And this will be happening on Sunday, November 27th from 5 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So hope to see you in the consent and care virtual workshop. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so glad you're here. I say it every episode, but I truly mean it. So I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. Uh, We handed out candy to trick-or-treaters by setting a bowl at the end of our walkway so no one approached the door so that Wayland didn't bark and lose his mind. So I hope that you all had a successful Halloween. We are just, you know, adapting and adjusting to life with a puppy. Little Spicy is doing so good. It is so fun to have a puppy in this house again. And we are just, we just, it's so crazy how much you can love a little thing after just barely three weeks. It's amazing. So Spicy's doing really well. Uh, If you haven't heard, I am in the works of creating a free puppy mini course, just kind of walking you through what the first couple of weeks look like with Spicy so that if you get a puppy, you can learn how to do as much as you possibly can to give them a happy, comfortable, content life. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the cyclical nature of our lives with our dogs. And this is something that like, it's one of those like, really obvious things that I think can be challenging when you're in the thick of it. So as many of you know, I spend my days working with amazing and amazing dog guardians, many of which who own reactive and aggressive dogs. And the training is never linear. It is always kind of an up and a down um, with lots of wins and challenges along the way. But I also work with, you know, a multitude of behaviors, um, puppy training, basic manners. I work with a lot of different people and guardians and something that comes up for all of them. Um, And something that comes up for me in my own life is the fact that there are kind of just natural ebbs and flows in our lives. And those natural ebbs and flows have an impact on not only our behavior, but our dog's behavior. And then in turn, that has an impact on the training that we're trying to do. So something that I want you all beautiful people to remember is that the ebbs and flows of our life are normal and natural. And while maybe there are still some training goals that you need to get to with your dog, it's okay if you don't get to those right away, okay? Because those are just like the normal ebbs and flows of life. So when it comes to trying to continue to make progress with training, even though there are some ebbs and some flows, I want you to think about a couple of things. I want you to think about behaviors that you can consistently reinforce despite maybe some of the ebbs and flows that are maybe happening in your life, okay? So some of those behaviors for me are response to name. I'm very consistently reinforcing those no matter what's happening in our life because even if we aren't going for walks, I still need it in the backyard. I still need it inside. 
So that's a behavior that I'm always reinforcing for. Waiting is another behavior that I'm pretty consistently reinforcing for no matter what's happening in our life. Just because, you know, waiting at doors and waiting until I do X, Y, or Z is very important to me. Um, and those are the two main behaviors that I'm pretty consistently reinforcing. But sometimes I observe this phenomenon and it happens where you maybe like spent a whole month working on leash manners and then maybe you kind of dropped off on working on those and maybe three or four months have passed and maybe you've been really busy and you haven't been able to walk your dog and now that you are getting them out for walks, they're pulling on leash a lot. This is normal and natural. What we're, what we're practicing, what we're consistent with, our dogs will get more consistent with. But if you aren't practicing it as much and you aren't as consistent with it, sometimes we will see a drop off in response time because of other factors in your life. That doesn't mean that all of the training is gone. It just means that just like you, your dog is a living, breathing, emotional creature. And there's going to be ebbs and flows to their behavior based on their life and their needs being met. And I just want to remind all of you that it's okay to have those ebbs and flows where like you're doing your best to meet your dog's needs, but maybe they're not met to the fullest potential. This is something that I'm, I'm finding a balancing act with Mr. Whalen right now is that there is a young puppy in our life that requires a lot of time and energy. And that has required that we have changed our routine quite a bit. So Waylon and I typically hike twice a week. He gets a walk every other day of the week. That's our normal routine. That's what he's used to. But because of having the puppy in our life, we aren't hiking as much. And sometimes he's not getting as long of a daily walk. And there, there have been some days where he isn't getting a daily walk. So because of that, there are some other things coming up, right? Waylon's been a little bit more alert barky, which we see when he's not the same level of satiated by living his awesome life. That's normal, right? We know how to deal with that. So I'm just kind of leaning into the fact that now I have this opportunity to work on some of the alert barking and some of the behaviors around the house that I hadn't been able to work on. So it's it's really reminding yourself that when you meet your dog's needs to the T, that's amazing. You should be proud of yourself. You should celebrate that. But that isn't the consistency of everyone's life, and that's okay, right? That's normal and natural. But because of that, there's obviously going to be an influence on behavior, and there's obviously going to be an influence on response time and reliability and some trained behaviors. So if you feel like you can just put in all this time and energy and you're going to get there and you're not going to have to revisit it, I'm really sorry, but that's not really the way that it works. There are certainly behaviors that you will teach and reinforce and will stay consistent with less influence from other variables. You'll get lucky, right? Some of those behaviors maintain, but that's not going to be always. And I think that really considering one, your dog's age, and two, how long the dog has lived with you. Those are also going to have a big impact on some of the swings that you see in behavior. And something else that's going to play a big role in that is how your dog is doing physically, okay? So I find that there tend to be big behavior swings or big decreases in response time to training when there's some underlying medical issue happening with the dog, right? So these are all variables that we need to consider because I think that there's just this horrible fallacy that like 
you train a dog and then they're trained and then they should do it always and forever no matter what. And, you know, newsflash, your behavior doesn't work like that. Why do you think that your dog's behavior is going to work like that? Because it ain't. And I just, I, I have spent so much of my career just helping normalize these ebbs and flows um, in, for my clients, right? And how that is affecting some of their training goals. And ultimately, it's up to you to put in the time and energy to see what you want to see. But it is bigger. It is bigger than just being consistent and just doing training. We have to look at the other variables of our lives. So, you know, we talked a little bit about like the dog end of things, but there's also going to be big impacts and influences to your dog's behavior based on how you're doing, okay? Um, When I am feeling anxious, I'm having a couple of days where I'm feeling really low and the anxiety is just weighing heavier on me than it typically does. That influences my behavior. And because that my behavior is influenced like that, it also influences Wayland's behavior. Oftentimes, if I'm feeling anxious or feeling low, lucky for me, Wayland's behavior is usually influenced in a way that he is much more... uh, present for me. He wants to be closer to me. He's checking in on me more. Um, And that's awesome, right? So there are really some benefits to some of the ebbs and flows. Obviously, I don't want to feel anxious all the time, but it is nice that Waylon's response to that is to come and be needy, right? Um, And is he always patient with me? Not always, but I think for the most part, now that he's mature, he's really, (laughs) he's really helping me out on those days where I need it. And, you know, your dog's age range is going to play a huge factor in this. Waylon's six. He's an adult dog, so he's not as susceptible to the influence of ebbs and flows of life as much as he would have been if he was under a year or a year to three years old. Um, Waylon's been with me since he was eight weeks old. So he's been in this house for a long time. And I think that that also prevents some of the effects of ebbs and flows for him. If you have a dog who's new to you and is an adolescent, there's just going to be a lot of different responses to ebbs and flows in your life. And you're just going to have to kind of learn those over time. But I, I wanted to record this podcast episode today because I want to continue to normalize what it is really like to live, care for, and train dogs over the duration of your life and their life, right? It's normal for there to be changes in behavior depending on the conditions. That's your behavior, that's your dog's behavior. But if you feel like you're seeing a sudden drastic decrease in response to trained behaviors, I want you to do a couple of things. One, I want you to increase the rate of reinforcement for said desirable behavior consistently over at least a week. If you don't feel like that is helping you, then I think you may want to seek the help of a professional trainer just to make sure nothing else wild is going on. But a lot of times when we're training something, maybe we we double down and like recall, for example. This is recall something that's it's never fully trained. You're always continuously training it. But maybe you did like my trustworthy recalls course and maybe you did the full 21 days and the recall was really good. It was going really well. 
But then maybe, you know, you had a couple of weeks where the dog didn't get to be off leash as much. They had to be on leash. Maybe your dog is like a year old. And then you finally go back to letting them off leash and their response to recall is down. That doesn't mean that your recall training isn't still there. It just means that your adolescent dog hadn't had enough opportunities to run around off leash. So coming when called lost a bit of value because being off leash needed to be the value in that moment. And you know how you remedy that? You take a deep breath, you do some practice, you continue to practice recalls on the long leash, you do your best to give them opportunities to be off leash more frequently, and you take a deep breath and remind yourself that when your dog hits two and then three, you're going to see way less of this drop off in response time, okay? I think that Staying consistent with training and continuing to reinforce is something that you have to do your dog's whole life. But if you're really seeing one particular behavior, maybe it's leash skills and you feel like the leash skills have just like horribly dropped off, I want you to not only double down on highly reinforcing a loose leash and making sure you're sticking to, you know, the protocols that you already have in place, but I also want you to alleviate a little bit of the pressure on your dog. Maybe do more long leash walks so it's easier for them to walk on a leash while you build back up that reinforcement history. But I think that, you know, again, we all have this like unrealistic expectation that we train the dog and it's trained and they should do it everywhere no matter what. And that is, I, I, if that's the way that it works, I would absolutely be out of a career. <laughs> okay. And I would just be selling magic fairy training dust because that's all you would need to make this happen. But that's not how it works in the real world. And like I said, can we train behaviors and see them hold up over time? Of course we can. Of course we can. But if you are in the ebbs and flows, you're in this cyclical nature of your life and you're seeing a a behavior that you thought wasn't a challenge become a challenge again, I want you just to take a deep breath and remind yourself that this is the normal nature of life. Make sure we're ruling out that the dog isn't in pain. Are they, do they have any medical concerns? Do they need anything like that? Are their needs being met? Because when we look at those things, then we can take a a step back and realize it's, it's not that our dog's training was for nothing. It's not that our dog's training is completely gone. It's just our dog is responding to the the cyclical nature of life just like you do with your behavior. This is something that I'm observing a lot right now because the seasons are changing. It's getting darker, um, earlier, and the dogs are spending more time inside. And, you know, during the summer when it's light out all the time, when I go to sit down in the evenings, the dogs are tired. They don't need me. They're good. But this time of year when I sit down, it's earlier in the day. The dogs are less tired. They do need me. So these are normal, right? It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with the training. This is just the dog's adapting and responding to the change in seasons in the same way that I am. So everyone, I hope you enjoy just these little mini, mini episodes. It's, it's really just those things that come up when I'm working with my clients or if I'm out walking with Waylon and now that we've been living and loving spicy, it's just those things that come to me that I think are really important to talk about. So everyone, I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. 
If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.